0: The NBA is still buzzing from Jimmy Butler's historic 56-point game and putting the Heat in command of their series versus the Bucks. Can Miami find a way to close it out? To help us answer that, plus talk about Butler, the Eastern Conference playoffs, and what to expect from Miami's offseason. We're joined by Howard Beck and yet another playoff edition of Locked On Heat.
1: You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, right, we're here with Locked on Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg here with David Ramil, However, you might be tuning in, YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use that code Locked On NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're here with longtime NBA writer Howard Beck, who's covering the playoffs for GQ. He's contributing to the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are so thrilled to have him because, uh, especially right now, Howard, when we scheduled this uh, at the end of last week, I think it was, we didn't realize that Jimmy Butler was going to go off for 56 points and put the heat up 3-1 over the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, You know this league as well as anybody. It's a great time to have you on uh, to help put Jimmy's performance into context, so... We'll just start there. We'll jump right in. Uh, when you're watching him in that zone that he was in on Monday night, what impressed you and stuck out the most?
2: Uh well, first of all, great to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, Wes, what you, you didn't know Jimmy was gonna go for 56 points? <laughs> the set of franchise record that would beat LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Shaquille O'Neal, Alonzo Mourning, and everyone like why why would you not know that? Do you have if you have uh, that little faith? In playoff, right, did you play not know Jam- playoff <laughs> jimmy existed come on no, we've already I, been
1: accused of, of not having enough faith in this team apparently if you don't <laughs> predict that he's going to go off for almost 60 you have no faith yeah
2: but all right this that's the beauty of jimmy butler to me um you don't expect this because he's given you no reason to expect this we should all be forgiven for not seeing something like this coming because it's he has not set the bar that high statistically right we right. know what Jimmy Butler's capable of doing in this league we know the guy is just a flat out winner you know he plays his butt off you know that he defends you know that he's a really cerebral player and knows how to 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 uh, you know run an offense manipulate a defense all these things all the reasons why the the heat went and got him a few years ago but he's not a box score stuffer. To the extent that he ever is, it's that he'll get you some points and some rebounds and some assists and some other stuff that don't, doesn't even show up in the box score. But he's not the guy you're expecting to have 30-point triple-doubles or whatever. Like, he's not a stats guy. He's never been that guy, except when he is. Um, right. <laughs> and that's the beauty of, of a game like last night, where you're going, oh, oh, Jimmy's got something going. Oh, wait a minute. And then, you know, you look up and, and suddenly you, it's – It doesn't feel like a takeover, right? Like the classic kind of Steph Curry is on fire, partially because when Steph's doing it, it's a lot of threes, right? So you expect Mm -hmm. the number, the counter is just going to keep flipping, flipping, flipping LeBron James, other guys, if it's a, if it's a takeover kind of game, Russell Westbrook, actually, you know, a a guy who you, you notice everything he does, right? Jimmy's game is, I don't want to say it's subtle because there's time. There's a lot of things about it that are not, but it, because we don't think of him as a scorer and because it doesn't look like he's just trying to go get his, it does just kind of come organically over the course of the game. It doesn't feel like he's forcing it. Right. And clearly he was, I mean, he went 19 for 28 in this game. Right. <laughs> um, and like, it, it was, he was three for eight on threes. So like, you know, even, even from three point range for his, by his standards, that was pretty good. But from two point, like he was just outstanding 15 for 18 from the line. It's just so efficient that it doesn't stand out as, as, um, as some sort of, of like, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go put the team on my back kind of thing. It doesn't come across that way. So if there's one impression that I have over the course of a game like that, it's that Jimmy Butler's putting up these massive gargantuan numbers and it doesn't really look like he's trying. He's yeah, not, re- not trying, but he's not trying. Right.
1: It, it, it does seem sort of effortless, despite the fact that he's got to muscle his way through almost everything. It, it is hard. And he admits that it's very hard. And he said that on the broadcast last night on the sideline interview after the game. and. I don't know. I I remarked after the game last night. I was like, I don't know. I had no idea how much he had, you know, when you're watching these games and you're kind of keeping track of the box score and you're it. But in that moment, you just kind of some of your media teachings just kind of leave you and you're just sort of enthralled in the performance that's going on in front of you. And I look up, I'm like, he had 56. I would have guessed like 40 or something like that, which would have still been a great game. But I think everybody was sort of Nikola in that moment and looking up. And I don't know if you saw the, the video of him, <laughs> but he's just, of, like, yeah. just jaw dropped. And it's like, I think everybody sort of felt that way. And the thing that really stuck out to me was, uh, you know, looking up the stats this morning, it does look effortless because he's also not, he's not Steph because he's not doing the threes, but he's also not doing that thing that stars do in the mismatch hunting all the time where you're dragging somebody into a pick and roll and going against the weaker defender. He just went straight at Giannis straight at drew holiday straight at Middleton and just got to his spots, he was 6 of 11 against Drew Holiday last night. He was 5 of 6 against Giannis. He was 2 of 5 against Brooke Lopez, 3 of 4 against Chris Middleton. He wasn't going after, like, Grayson Allen or Joe Ingles or anybody like that over and over again. He was just like, all right, these are your four best defenders, and these are the guys that I'm going to take the, four, the, the the most shots against. And he just went out and did it. Um, you mentioned the fact that he doesn't do this, and then he just does do it, right? Have you ever seen in all of your years covering the league, Howard, like anybody flip the switch quite the way that Jimmy does, whether it's this one or, you know, you think about game six in the Eastern Conference finals last year. I mean, he's just got the finals in the bubble. Like he's got so many of these playoff moments, but you can't really speak of any regular season moments where he's going out and hanging 50 on anybody.
2: No. Um. Again, we've been conditioned to believe that Jimmy Butler is a, a great player non-stat based star he's great because he does all these other things for you and a lot of little things and it's leadership and it's defense and it's grit and but uh, all, all these like you know buzzwords and and concepts it's not because no one like he's jimmy buckets but no one ever says like jimmy butler's a bucket right like we we reserve that for like kevin durant or other guys who we just think of as pure scorers jimmy butler's never been the pure score um So, no, I don't think I've seen anybody. This is my 26th season covering the league. I don't think there's anybody else who, like, we talk about flipping the switch, the the term you use, the phrase you use. Guys flip the switch sometimes where it's, okay, I'm at this level and I'm going to have to crank it up another notch for the playoffs. But it's like, you know, Durant going from averaging 25 or 30 in the regular season to going to 35. Okay, fine. But he's not doing anything that we didn't see him do before. Um the the lakers that i covered back in the late 90s early 2000s were the classic flip the switch team but that just meant that Shaq finally got in shape <laughs> <laughs> and also that that they all after screwing around during the regular season finally were like ah yeah it's time to go like when you know you're a team that's perennially going for the championship you do tend to downshift in the regular season it, it, we we we've, we've all seen this happen right what was um, that year
1: where they they were like bottom 10 defensively was that 01 02 and then they just sort of, yep. and then they just rampaged through the playoffs
2: yeah, yeah. That might have been the year. might have been the third year of the 3 yeah. Um, it's, it's hard to sustain year after year. Um, and so the flip switch can, can be a number of things. Jimmy's is, is at some whole other level, though. Because, like, no, I don't have any analog for this. I don't know of anybody else who just becomes, like, a different kind of player. Um, I looked this up using a basketball references uh, stat head tool. So Jimmy has playoffs and, and uh, regular season combined – he only has 15 games in his career with 40-plus points. It's crazy. 15 games in, in a very long career. But seven of those are with Miami, which yeah. means seven of those are all post-age 30. So he's yeah. getting better with age. Let's start there. Seven of the 15 games uh, with 40-plus points for Jimmy Butler are also in the playoffs. So again, seven out of... I didn't, I didn't look up the... But seven out of a bazillion regular season games and then seven out of whatever his smaller sample sizes of playoff games. I should have jotted down those numbers before I came on the podcast. My bad, my bad. Um, but it, suffice to say the, per, his, the yeah. purport, proportion of his games that are 40 plus points in the postseason far exceeds the proportion of his games in the entirety of his regular season career that are 40 plus point games. Um, so it, yes, he, he, he can deny that there's a playoff, Jimmy. Um, mm-hmm. the, the numbers clearly say otherwise, Um That And that was just an outstanding, like even even by Jimmy Butler playoff standards, that was just an incredible performance.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. It's the coolest game that I've played in a long time. I never thought I could do what they do in an NBA front office as far as running a team and everything else like that. It's really tough, you know, difficult. I, I know my co host Wes Goldberg has said before that it's not so challenging, but I disagree. I think you got to invest a lot of time. You got to have a good strategy, and it's not quite as easy, even in this game, but it's so realistic, so much fun. You get to deal with all the personalities of your players and coaches. You got to hire the right coaches. You got to make trades, draft the right people. It's fantastic. It's so much fun. It's like being in an actual front office. Lockdown Heat listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when vis- using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to go check it out. Download the game. Just visit probasketballgm.com. Scan the code or look it up on the App Store. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty soon. Today's episode is also brought to you by Ibotta. Grocery, school shopping, and getting a little something for yourself. Well, you know, you're already doing it, so why not get cash back while doing it? With Ibotta, watching your, your closet grow after purchasing all the season's latest trends. Well, how about also watching your cashback grow with each purchase? You can earn cash back on every shopping trip. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items. From produce to personal care to pantry goods, either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. My wife's been doing it for months. Before we even started doing these ads, I had no idea. She was collecting receipts, and I was just wondering, what's going on here? Well, she was getting money back from Ibotta the whole time, and so kudos to her. And if you want to make some money off of your purchases, and you've got to try right now. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED. When you register, just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the free Ibotta app and use the code Locked. That's I B O T T A in the Google Play or App Store and use the code Locked. So, but the the flip way of viewing that then is to say, is Miami expecting him to do too much, or is he just put in a situation where he can allow himself to be so dominant? Because I think it's a it's kind of you live by the sword kind of thing, you know, and and and. It's, it's difficult to kind of see whether or not he's, he, like you said, it seems like he's getting better or maybe he's just having more opportunity or conversely, maybe it's just that Miami needs him to step his game up in these incredible moments and he just finds a way to be able to find that extra level that that we talked about.
2: Yeah, and, and you're right, David. It's probably all of that, right? Like, um, <laughs> you know, he was on a team with Joel Embiid and Tobias right. Harris and Ben Simmons. Like, the, you know, so his brief time with the Sixers, you weren't asking you, you, you never needed a, a, uh, him or put him in a position to go out and drop um, 56 in a playoff game. Um, and, you know, whatever brief time with Minnesota, Chicago, they had all these guys and it was a Derek Rose, Jimmy right. Butler thing where they were trying to work things out. But I, I I do think some of this is just the evolution of Jimmy Butler and, and his game and this, the way he measures out a game. And um, but the larger point you make, I think, is really important here, which is that. All right. So they're down Tyler Hero they didn't have a whole lot of offense to begin with this team. It was, you know, clearly, you know, uh, there's, there, you know, there, there's a reason they were in the play-in. Like they just don't have right. a lot of firepower. Um, So yeah, it's, it, this is kind of born of necessity. And, um, but that doesn't mean you can do it. Like right? you, like if you, if you don't do this on a regular basis, um, it, you know, it, it, is it by choice? Is it by context? Is it, but I, I tend to think of it this way where it regards Jimmy is that, I think he's a really smart basketball player and I think he's a really selfless star. So even though we don't see like he's not one of these guys who's going to put up, you know, average 10 assists a game either. But if you watch the way he plays, he doesn't force the issue very often, you know, this run last year, years before, wherever he's been. um, He has the ability to, to score at a higher level when needed, but he's, he's not, it's not his first priority. He doesn't have that scores mentality. And I mean that as a compliment not an insult. But when he sees a necessity, as he did, as he does in this series, period, and clearly last night, this is what he's capable of doing. Right. So, like, I I think that's the beauty of his game is that he's doing it when it's ne- when it's necessary and not just because he feels some impulse to or, you know, wants to, to stat stuff, you know.
0: Does it feel sustainable? Because I, I keep seeing a lot of Bucks fans, they're already jumping off the boat a little bit. They've given up hope uh, to some degree. And and even some some critics and pundits already think, well, Miami has it locked up in 3-1. to one. But it somehow it doesn't feel like a sustainable performance. And we've covered the team all year. We've seen all their offensive struggles, their defensive issues, their roster construction and everything else like that. But then putting Jimmy in this situation where he can have these big moments, it, it's something that feels you know, like it's not necessarily sustainable, but we can't doubt him either because he's always been in these situations with Miami. He's always stepped up to the challenge. And yet I just, I don't know whether or not they can continue to rely on him having these kind of monster outings regularly in order for them to close out this series.
2: Yeah. I mean, part of me says, look, if if a guy does something once they can repeat it. Um, And especially if he's somebody with a track record of coming up with big game, big game performances, um, but there's also a reason that Jimmy, over the course of his career, hasn't been a average 30 points a game for a season kind of guy. Like, like he 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 does generally just sort of pick his his spots um, in a game or series, a quarter or whatever. Is it sustainable? Like, maybe I wouldn't expect it, right? Like, I, yeah. if if the Heat are going to close out the Bucks, a team that won a championship just a couple of years ago, a team that has you know one of the you know top three finishers for MVP in Giannis. Uh, Albeit with a bad back, Um, one I don't expect the Bucks to go down easy. I I, I fully expect the Bucks are going to win Game Five. Like that—that would be the normal course of things. For Mm -hmm. unless a team is either fatally flawed in some way or coming apart at the seams, they all hate each other, or or they've lost their starter injury entirely. I I usually expect the team that's down three to one going home to win. Right? They're going to—they're going to extend it. I, I've had doubts all along, as I'm sure you guys and your listeners have, about the, the Heat's ability to keep up with the the powerhouses in the East because they just don't have the kind of of scoring punch that the, that the rest of them do. They don't have an Embiid or a Giannis or a Jason Tatum, except on the nights that Jimmy Butler becomes right. a facsimile of of that. But right. this is this is we we're, we're, we're you know I'm, I'm now you know chasing my tail on this. So, but he did it. So does, can he do it again? I, I, how many more times can he do it? I, right. I, I, like, I, I still have doubts about their ability to finish off what would be an incredible upset
0: yeah.
2: only because um, they they're still the same team and they're still the same team minus Tyler hero. And as awesome as that was, I don't know that anybody should rightfully or reasonably expect Jimmy Butler to go drop 56 again. Um, Maybe he only needs 46 the next time. And maybe we get a Kyle Lowry game or a bam right. out of bio game or, mm. you know, uh, Gabe Vincent, I don't know. Um, I I think putting away the Bucs is going to be very, very difficult. And I, I, you know, I know that all the percentages immediately start flying off last night about, you know, three to one, 95% of teams, blah, 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 all that stuff. Wasn't that long ago that we saw two teams blow three to one leads in consecutive series, right? The Thunder blew their three to one lead against the Warriors, and then the Warriors blew their three to one lead against the Cavs. Um, it happens. And, um, this, is, this is still at the end of a day, a, a one, eight, really a one seven, but a one, a one eight matchup, um, and a heat team that's, you know, offensively limited. Um, I, if, if, if Giannis is still healthy ish, I got to think at a minimum, this thing is going to get extended.
1: Yeah, I would, I would agree with you. And and who knows? I mean, like I said, the closer you get to the end of the series, the, the less sustainability matters. And the more, like you said, like a random Kyle Lowry or Grayson Allen game can just can can shift the entire series it just it takes one one kind of thing like that based on I want to zoom out a little bit Howard uh, on the Eastern Conference based on everything you've seen from the Bucks and Giannis dealing with this injury and and just Milwaukee in general kind of having these rough moments in their half-court offense going four and five minute stretches almost every single game of the series without scoring a point um Philadelphia kind of having like the maybe the most least impressive sweep I think I've ever seen in the playoffs over the Brooklyn Nets. Um, You know what we've seen from Boston even dropping a game against Atlanta. I don't know. Just in your opinion, when you kind of look at what we've seen in the first round so far, is the East maybe more or less wide open uh, based on where you thought it was coming into this thing?
2: If the Heat end up knocking out the Bucs, then it's more wide open than it was. But it's only wide open to the extent that I thought it was about Celtics and Bucks, and then it's just going to be about the Celtics. <laughs> like, right. Um, like I there was a good case to be made coming into the playoffs that the Celtics were the strongest team in the East anyway, records notwithstanding. Um, I think they have the most overall talent and depth, and you know, I, I think are in great shape for for a deep run and and to make the finals and and to potentially win the championship. I think the, the champions probably coming out of the East. Although again, you know, um, things are so strange this postseason overall. I, I I'm not sure there are any safe bets. Um, Joel Embiid's questionable to start the second round. That's not good, uh, right. for the Sixers. Um, and you know, I, I don't, I, 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 I tend to think that we, I, I, I jotted this down before we came on. Uh, it's possible that Miami just clinched the East for Boston. Yeah. Like bar, barring major injuries to the Celtics. Um, if they knock out the bucks and, and that was clearly the team that was, was best positioned to beat Boston. Um, the Celtics, I, you know, especially if Embiid is, is questionable or limited, I, I think the Celtics are taking out the Sixers. Um, I don't expect that the Knicks or, or Cavaliers would knock out the bucks, but they might be able to knock out a gassed heat team. Right um so but somewhere along the way here i mean eventually it's either conference finals if we're projecting forward it's Celtics heat Celtics have all the firepower Celtics Cavs the Cavs have never even been here before they're they yeah. still aren't even sure that they're in the playoffs or or where they are after two games at the garden that completely rattled them um Celtics-Knicks, like, again, yeah, like the Knicks kind of just got here and, and they're, like, they're, they're really good and they've overachieved by a long – but like they don't have the firepower uh, or the defense or the versatility and depth of, of the Celtics. It's like I, I, I start projecting forward and I, and I feel like what's really happening here is that the Heat have
0: cleared the path for the Celtics to go back to the finals. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fastest, easiest way to buy tickets to all events that you might be looking for. Sports, music, comedy, theater near you. Killer deals and last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee so you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hype for whatever event you want to attend. I love it. You're in town for a day or two. You don't know what to plan. You just want to find tickets to a nearby baseball game. Maybe you want to catch a, a play or some kind of musical theater or something like that. You just go to game time. It's that easy. Go to a concert, whatever event it might be. Game time makes it easy. They let you see what tickets you're buying, where you're going to be sitting. You get a panoramic view of where you'll be. So you know exactly what to expect when you get those tickets and you get the best price possible. You can't lose if you use game time. It's that good. It makes everything so easy. You don't have to plan months in advance. You get the right tickets at the right price. So download the game time app or create an account and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, but again, go create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Today's episode is also brought to you by Nissan's Most Electric Player of the Week, brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. (laughs) Listen, we're one day removed from a historic performance of Jimmy Butler, so there's no doubt that he is the electric player of the week and well-deserved, so... A uh, brilliantly fierce, elegant, powerful, does everything in just the right way, just like the Nissan Aria. A combination of fierceness and elegance, beautiful yet strong, much like Jimmy Butler's performance in Game 4. It's the perfect crossover SUV. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pent to power and premium intelligence all in one EV. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. Wow, it's pretty bittersweet
1: for Heat fans then, isn't it? Like, It's almost (laughs) like you you might rather lose the series if you're a Heat fan that hates the Celtics more than you love your own team, and there's quite a few of those kinds of Heat fans out there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I I would have to agree with you at this point what it looks like. Um, Things do seem to be breaking for the Celtics, but at the same time, I don't know, maybe they have some PTSD uh, looking down the road at a potential Eastern Conference Finals rematch against the Heat. I have no idea, but... Uh, we know Celtics fans, some public Celtics fans have been very scared of the heat uh, yeah. for a few months now. Look, I mean,
2: I, if I'm any of those teams at, at, at the top of the East, as the as the regular season was winding down, is everybody kind of looking down the standings going, eh, yeah, I kind of don't want, I don't, I'd like to, avoid, I'd rather get Atlanta. I'd rather get right. the Nets. I'd rather get anybody. But yeah, for sure. That's the respect everybody has for the heat. Um, they're a pain in the ass. Like they're, they're going to, even if you beat them, they're going to make it very difficult and stressful and they're going to grind you down. um And you never know what Jimmy Butler might erupt for, I don't know, 56 points. So I, I, I think we might get a good series. Um, we will, we will get some good series, but I, I, I truly believe that if we're, if, if talent being the most determinative thing in the NBA, historically, yep. we rarely have somebody making some Cinderella run from seven or eight all the way to the finals. Like no one's done it since, what the Nixon 99 yep. uh, in a weird lock over the year.
0: heat over the heat yeah
2: in, in a weird lockout year. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I just I, I do not, I do not mean for heat fans to keep uh, to keep subjecting them to PTSD over every single thing that's happened in the last 25 years. It just, it's, it's just happenstance. Um, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't happen, right. It just, it's very rarely happens yes. unless there are major injuries involved or other weird shit going on. And um, so, you know, that's where it is. Um, but yeah, I, I look, It'll be it's going to be fun to watch it all unfold, but I, I I do feel like there's a fair amount of predictability right now, unless somehow the Bucks recover, win this series, knock out the Cavs or Knicks, and then we get the Bucks Celtics Conference Finals that we all expected. It,
1: it, it's total it's totally reasonable and, and possible. I mean, two of these next three games are in Milwaukee. Yeah. They have Giannis. I mean, it would not be at all surprising to me if the Bucks won this series. But
0: like I said, takes... Go ahead. Well, I, I would no. I just wanted to ask that. What, what do you see that's gone wrong with Milwaukee? Because a lot of our our listeners and viewers are already yeah. a little overly confident. But then you you hear from Bucks fans, and they're already uh, chanting for Mike Budenholzer to get fired, and you know, there's something wrong. Blow up this team. Everybody except Giannis, Chris Middleton sucks, etc. Like, what have you seen that's gone wrong with Milwaukee?
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean that's just the usual emotional roller coaster sure. of fandom, right? Is, of course, you know, if your of team's course. winning, everybody's great. And if they're losing, trade everybody, <laughs> fire the coach. Um, blow up the arena, build a new one, you know. Um move out more just, Milwaukee. More bathrooms. <laughs> more, yeah. <laughs> more bathrooms. Uh why stop at the coach is all I'm saying. Um <sighs> So, I mean, look, Giannis's injury is obviously a huge part of this. Like, we, we just course, start yes, there. Of course. And then it does feel like he's forcing it at times. Like, we talk about the, like, the beauty of Jimmy's game is that it feels uh, very, you know, just opportunistic and and within the flow of the game. Giannis, when things go bad, it just feels like he's just like, you know, F it. I'm going to the basket every time. And it might be an offensive foul. It might be a defensive foul. It might be a bunch of people falling on the floor and crashing <laughs> into the basket stanchion. Um, Like, it just – He's just going to, you know, bull rush you, and um, and I think that's you know that's one of the it's one of the weaknesses in Giannis's game over the years, right? Like he's he's worked to try to to uh, you know, perfect more of a mid range game and and worked on his three point shot, and, and he'll take all those shots, but in the end, the most dangerous thing about Giannis, of course, is all that you know size and length and and uh, explosiveness, you know, driving through the lane. Um, you know, I've I've worried for a couple of years that. They're just getting old around the edges, right? Like Brooke Lopez mm. is still really effective, but he's got a lot of miles on him. And Chris Middleton is always banged up and and Drew Holiday's had his his issues. And they don't they don't really have a, a true second option, right? It might be Drew or Middleton on a on a given night. It might be like, you know, Grayson Allen hit, you know, six of eight threes or something. Um, they don't really have that 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 true second option. And that's kind of where we are in the league right now. Like a lot of teams and the last couple of of champions even. You look at their, they haven't been, you know, the old super team model. They've been more of a, you know, it's like all due respect to the Warriors, but like they're not a bunch of all-stars anymore. It was Steph and and a bunch of, of really good players. And it was Kawhi and a bunch of really good players when they beat the Warriors. And it was Giannis and a bunch of really good players when, when they won. Um, the only exception recently has been the Lakers in the bubble with, with LeBron and Anthony Davis, where you have a true one, two punch. Um, and well, so that's the thing. Just, like
0: it, You just love poking that PTSD bear there. You're the Dylan Brooks of podcasting. Do it again.
2: Thing. My God. Yeah. I I swear it's
0: not intentional. It's, uh, any
2: other losses that
1: you want to bring up for Heat fans? I, <laughs>
0: any, <laughs> any favorite? <laughs> Let's, Let's uh, back power rank Powerback's favorite when five <laughs> losses. Yeah, when, when LeBron went back to <laughs> Cleveland. <laughs>
2: it's uh it's uh, it's uh, like I a mean, subconscious disdain for miami is that what you're saying uh yeah. like
0: it's not so sub anymore howard i don't know I just, it just
2: i don't know i don't know yeah. i don't but I, i'm gonna have to do some some deep reflecting when we stop off this podcast <laughs> um, um you can't even blame it on a new york bias by the way because i'm originally a bay area guy so okay. like i've lived here for 19 years maybe it has seeped into my system uh through the public uh, waterways or something but um but you can't even blame it on a new york miami thing because I have, I have no particular uh uh tie there so
1: um you mentioned the 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 talent deficit that the heat are just sort of inherently at and it's something that we've talked a lot about on this show uh is throughout a, a, a very frustrating regular season it just felt like the, the talent just wasn't there the high level talent was there with jimmy and, and then bam at, at times but then after that when you stack up Miami's like kind of three to the rest of their the end of their roster, it doesn't stack up great compared to some of these other teams in the Eastern conference. they certainly the contenders in the East. Um, there has been a sentiment lately that maybe the front office has failed Jimmy Butler to a certain degree, not getting him that co-star the Kyle Lowry thing really has not worked out to the degree that they've wanted it to. Um, regardless if they win this series, because I think, I don't think if, if you win the series, that's awesome. And if you somehow just shoot keep shooting 70% from three-point range and go win the finals, like whatever. I don't know. Like I don't even know what you conclude from that. But it kind of feels like we know what this team is, uh, regardless if they win the series. But do you think in the offseason that they have to make a concerted effort to go upgrade this roster around Jimmy Butler? Have they almost even failed Jimmy Butler to a certain degree? Uh, given the roster and the talent that's around him right now and what he's had to do.
2: Yeah. I mean, the simple answer is, is yes, they need more help. And the, the other simple, you know, kind of corollary to that is it's just not that easy, right? Like every team is trying to find, if you've got a star, you're trying to find a second star. And if you've got two, you're trying to get a third and, you know, salary cap gymnastics make it tough and luxury tax issues make it tough. Um, all the other limits that the NBA builds into to the system. Uh, and there's only so many guys available at any given time. And then you got to decide if the guy who's available is even the guy you want. Like if, if Trey Young becomes available this summer, is that a guy that you think is, is actually a winning player and that you want to try to go get, do you have the means to go get him? Um They do need, like, I think Jimmy is the absolute ideal number two, right? Mm. He like, he's kind of in like, he's, his game is not Scotty Pippen's game, but it's, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not triggering any PTSD with Scotty Pippen. Am I? <laughs>
0: no. Okay. Not that no. I know. Um, just. Just. I <laughs> in the morning, clobbered him in the forehead once, and he left a quite a sizable knot. Other than that, I, don't I mean, know the Heat
2: raised Michael's uh, jersey to the rafters, right? They retired the 20. There it is. There's so the more best. PTSD. That's, more that's no, go. Go. <laughs> I, no, no, no. I'm saying that's my cover. If they have done that, right. it means that I can bring up the Bulls, that's the '90s true. Bulls. <laughs> Jimmy is that is the Scotty Pippen type in that if you wow. needed him to uh, lead you after Michael retires, Jimmy could probably do that, yeah. too, if we sent him back right. in time. Um, and also, he's a great wingman. He's going to defend his ass off. He's going to take on the other team's uh, best perimeter score. Um, he can he can, you know, he can guard a variety of players. Um, he can score and do a bunch of things when needed. And he's a great playmaker. Uh, but, yeah, you'd like him next to Kevin Durant. Right. Mm-hmm. Or you'd like him maybe next to Steph. You'd like him next to some other primetime scorer. So that he doesn't have to to do the playoff Jimmy thing. Um, good luck going and finding that guy, right? Like that's that's yeah. the difficulty. Um, you know, uh, Jimmy. Frankly, this you know I think we all know this. The Sixers screwed up. The Sixers should have kept Jimmy Butler with Joel Embiid. That would have been their best one-two punch. Right. And um, it's to the Heat's benefit that they didn't. Uh, you know, ever since the Miami, you know, pulled off that coup the challenge has been how to build around Jimmy Butler and because he's not a true number one, it, it's that much tougher, right? In, in a way, because you're, you're, right. you're still either looking for a number one or you're, or you're back to that other model that I talked about where it's one really great player and a, a, an ensemble around him, except that his, you know, Jimmy doesn't profile the same as those other guys we talked about who are right. all 30 to 35 point guys. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's, it's tough. And then your second best player is Bam who. Bam is great for all of these things that are not it's it, it's akin in a very strange way to what Utah had with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. If all of your money is tied up in two players on max salaries. And one of those guys is your prototypical lead scorer, Donovan Mitchell. And the other one is really great for what he does, but he's not a scorer. Rudy Gobert, Bam out of bio. There's, it, it puts a little bit of a ceiling on what you can do. I think um, it's hard to go get the third guy, you want your number two guy to, to also be a great scorer because everybody needs a one, two punch. That's the history of, of the league, right? LeBron and AD uh, back in the bubble that I shouldn't mention uh, Shaq and Kobe back in the day when I was covering them, uh, Michael Scotty, like that's the usual, the usual uh, model. And so, yeah, I, I think that regardless of where this, this heat postseason ends, uh, they win this series, they lose this series, they lose in the second round, wherever they lose. I, I, that's a pretty realistic sober-minded front office and a really smart one that has seen absolutely everything in their time. I don't think it'll change the way that they approach the offseason. I think that they know that there's some built-in limitations with this team and that they've got to find an opportunistic way to upgrade. Um, I would have more faith in them than than most teams in in being able to do that, you know. And, and I'm sure there's some frustration among fans that they haven't been able to do it yet, but like again, it's it's, it's not that easy.
0: Is there a target that you see either realistic or unrealistic that would be the ideal fit alongside Jimmy Butler? Because I know some Sixers fans already started worrying. Once, once Butler mentioned in his post-game interview that uh, he, he thought Joel Embiid was the MVP, Sixers fans already <laughs> so started wringing their hands, wondering whether or not Miami would find a way to trade for Embiid. And, of course, we've heard about Dave Lillard, but I think everybody's has got to read the Tea Legion and seeing whatever they want out of that. But is there an yeah. ideal fit that you think would would play alongside Jimmy Butler and, and could like, you know, uh, allow Jimmy to be that strong Scotty Pippen that you mentioned?
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, as, as per usual, we're going to go into the off season with eyes on certain teams and wondering, is it finally the moment where Dame Lillard asks out or where Bradley Beal decides it's time to go and the Wizards decide with their new front office that they have yet to hire. Maybe they make that decision. Everybody's keeping an eye on, Trey Young, people Mm. keep an eye on, I think, still Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, You're always looking in this league for who's the next star to either because of their own discontent or the franchise's discontent or maybe mutual discontent. Those are always fun. Somebody's going to break loose. And the question becomes, who's best positioned to get them? Who's got the the cash of draft picks? Who's got the young players um, and the contracts to match? And so that becomes the big game. Part of what's interesting about this offseason is like we have these persistent, persistent James Harden to Houston rumors. And mm-hmm. if the Sixers lose Harden, that goes one of two ways. You could have the the doomsday scenario where Embiid says, all right, mm-hmm. I had Ben Simmons. It didn't work. We had Jimmy Butler and you guys didn't keep him. We, you know, now now James Harden, you brought him in and he's walking away like, all right, time for me to go too. Right. That's mm-hmm. that's the doomsday scenario for for the Sixers, um, in which case everybody in the league is yes. contorting themselves into all kinds of, of, uh, uh, painful shapes to try to find a way to get Joel Embiid. Um, the flip side of that could simply be that the Sixers are going like, you know, Joel Embiid stays cool and says, all right, Daryl, what you got for me? And Daryl says, don't worry. I got you. We're bringing back Jimmy. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> or oh, I, I'm just saying, it's oh, just wow. a
2: possibility. I'm just, I'm just saying this is, you know, um, <laughs> I I I'm like look if I'm going to make heat fans this is yeah, ending it, in one no, podcast yeah, yeah. I might as well just keep going. It's a great um,
1: that's a great way to end it. I love it. There's
2: well there's a there's a Bradley Beal piece of this too. I'm going to be doing yes. Locked On Wizards uh, uh oh. shortly uh today or tomorrow. And so like uh we're going to talk about Beal and like if Beal decides he wants out or if the, the hmm. Wizards if Ted Leonsis finally decides it's time to uh, to to permit his front office whoever they may be to trade Beal there's a question about how much you can even get for Beal, given the size of his contract, his health, everything else. But would Bradley Beal be a good fit next to Jimmy? Yeah, I think he'd be fantastic. But I think I think Bradley Beal is also a really great fit next to Joel Embiid. In fact, uh, years Ooh. ago, I wanted I wanted the Ben Simmons Beal swap. That was that wow. was uh, that was the one I wanted to see. But so there's a lot of moving pieces here that may actually all influence each other too. Um, and yes, Lillard's another one. I, I I don't know whether the Heat have the assets really to make the big deal that they need to make. Sure. Um, because it starts with you're you're keeping Butler and Adibayo. So is Tyler Hero plus stuff enough to get a perennial All Star? Um, if if it's if it's Bradley Beal, maybe because Bradley Beal comes with a bunch of other uh, caveats and 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 contract issues. Um, but that's that's the real challenge. Do you have the assets to actually to make the move that you need to make?
1: Well, the co- the things that we do know is that. We are witnessing playoff Jimmy Butler again. We've got, we already got the classic performance 56 points in, in game four, kind of reminding people of game six in the Eastern conference finals last year. So we already got that. And uh, we're going to go into the off season with a ton of questions, just like last off season too. too. So <laughs> just kind of the same thing. Um, Howard, this was awesome. Thanks so much uh, for joining us. Um, and thanks for uh, contributing to lockdown podcast network. I know everybody us locked on wizards and everybody else are going to be thrilled to be talking to you throughout the playoffs. Appreciate so. it. Uh, thanks, man. That was great.
2: Thanks, folks.